Assalamu alaikum. I'm Khalil Alika. And I'm Zahir Parker. And welcome to AccidentalMuslims.com. So, AccidentalMuslims.com is a, a movement, a platform where we showcase present and future leaders to help us live with purpose. And we believe that everybody has a story to tell. This podcast hopes to add value. So, welcome and enjoy. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum to all the viewers. Welcome back to AccidentalMuslims.com podcast and Instagram Live and Facebook Live and everywhere. Uh, so today we have um, Khadija Fik. We're very honored to have you with us today. I'm very honored to be here today. Thank you for asking me. Um, okay, so we usually we just start, we get right into it. So who is Khadija? <laughs> So who is Khadija? And I love this question, Asha. I really love it because it's such a deep, meaningful question about, and it speaks to the essence of who a person is. Because I mean, you can go into like, you know, your your achievements or your varsity a degree or uh, the, the fact that I worked and traveled overseas and, you know, the fact that I, you know, I'm a single mom or that I've been through various experiences in my life, but everybody's been through things, you know, so all of those things, it's just what experiences that happened to me, but it doesn't define me as a person, like speak to who I am, the, the, the model fiber of my being. So if you had to ask me who I am, for me, it would simply be that I am a weak and humble slave of Allah. So just going back um, a little bit, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about where you come from, your childhood experiences, what got you to be on You know what, I want to look at it in a way that if I could speak to like the 15-year-old Khadija, what did I, what did I tell her? Yeah. What did I wanted to know about where I am today as a 38-year-old uh, woman, alhamdulillah. And so uh, growing up, very, very normal upbringing, alhamdulillah, mommy, daddy, oh, it's just by the way, mommy, accidentalmuslims.com, 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 okay, so I just had to get that out of my system, but um, yeah, so uh, growing up, pretty much normal, primary school, high school, uh, alhamdulillah, I had an opportunity to do some uh, tertiary studies and, and things like that. And, um, you know, a lot of things just kind of almost um, happened to me as opposed to me making purposeful decisions in my life to where I found myself, you know, eventually and stuff like that. And, you know, Alhamdulillah, I I just have to say that looking back, I just feel that there was always this uh, overarching hand of Allah that was just guiding me through my decisions and through my journey to where I am today, Alhamdulillah. You, in the very first question that Aisha asked you, um, you said that there are certain things that speak to your moral fiber. So, so what is that? Can you maybe take us to the makeup of that? So, what is very important to me is my uh, my religion, and just always knowing that I'm trying, and every day just trying to be that person where I have to ask myself, is Allah happy with me today? Did what I do today make Allah happy, or was it something that displeased? my Lord. And um, for me, the aim is I want to live the best life that I can live on this dunya without compromising my akhirah. And my aim would be also to be as beneficial as I can to the next person. So what did I do today to be beneficial to the next person? And for me, I feel like that would be uh, my way of pleasing my Lord. And so that is why I say I'm a weak 
and uh, weak slave of Allah because you know you're trying and sometimes you fail and sometimes you get it right and you always have to go back to what is your intention always check and recheck and triple check and quadruple check your intention are you doing it with the right with the right intention are you doing it for some sort of uh, fame or are you doing it for other people are you doing it to um, or you're doing it just to please your, your Lord. And so that makes things easier, I think. You know, when you're doing something, because sometimes you worry, what these people going to say about me? You worry about um, the effect or the image or the impression that other people is going to get. You know, working corporate, sometimes you have to do things that are but strange for people that are unaware of um, maybe our cultures or our traditions or our religion. But then you think to yourself, you know what? This Islam, it, it caters for everything and would Allah have been happy if I did a certain thing or not? So Alhamdulillah, I feel like that speaks to the moral fiber of my being, which is just about pleasing my Lord. Cool. And what do you think helped you to develop this mindset? Were you always like this? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Oh my word, you know. So, and again, you know, you look at all the experiences of your life and you just realize everything that you've been through, it is to... Um, shape you into uh, what you are today you know sometimes you think oh why did this particular thing happen to me why did i have to uh, get divorced why did it, you know things happen and um you actually just have to take ownership of it and everything that happened to you there was a reason for that thing happening to you and what are you, are you you need to take the lesson out of what happened to you are you learning from that particular experience? Did it take you closer to Allah or did it take you further away from Him? And if it took you closer to Him, you know what? That is a, that is a win, you know? So when you have an amazing support system, like okay. what I've had with my parents, mm -hmm. you know, there is, there is nothing more grateful than I am than having the parents that I have, alhamdulillah. And especially when you have a mother like mine, who, you know, the eyes of a mother is an amazing thing, seriously. And a mother is somebody... That is why, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives one of his names as Rahim to the mother. So, of the, uh, having the womb, you know, because that mother has that endless mercy for their child that, you know, never gives up, never stops making dua. And so the, the du'as of the mother is the most powerful thing, one of the most powerful things in the world. And I just feel like the du'as of my parents have shaped me, uh, has really played an integral part of who I am today, alhamdulillah. So, talking about a mother, you are yourself, you are a mom. Yes. Of a nine, I think it's nine. Yeah, nine, hang on, 19. Believe it, yes. <laughs> yes. So, Khalid, little Khalid. Alhamdulillah. Um, how has that shaped you? How has that experience been like, mother being so? So, oh, you know, I still have, um, you have to have hair on your teeth. <laughs> really, Harukatana. Big personality. Alhamdulillah, extremely sanguine personality. Yeah. And, um, I, I think that uh, parenthood in itself, it really take, it brings out your true self. Because there's no hiding. when There's no, well, there's lots of hiding. But there's no <laughs> hiding who you are as um, when, when you're a parent. Because you are really stretched to your limits. So, and that is when your true self comes out. That is when your true self is molded into the kind of person that um, you want to be. Are you a patient person? Because that child is going to test your patience. Are you a person that's going to be tolerant? Are you a person that's going to... So all of these things, and I mean, there's no perfect cookie-cutter answer because your child is truly... A, your child is a blessing and your child is a test for you. Yes. Alhamdulillah. And um, I really do think that my child is um, the best parts of me and that sometimes my child is uh, the worst parts of me. And when I see that in him, then, I, then it, it forces me to be a better person. 
because I want to be that better person for him so that he can have that example growing up and so that one day he can say, you know what, my mother, Esther, you know, it isn't for her. So, yeah. Um, So, just... (laughs) <laughs> like it also I mean you can obviously answer with that but you were a single mom yes you are a single mom. and um, what what kind of advice do you have for single mothers so for me whatever situation you find yourself in is the situation that you were meant to have been in you know and that is a situation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has deemed to be the best situation for you at your life so at that point in your life so whether it's whether it's single whether it's married whether it's uh, divorced uh, widowed, whatever it is, whether it's not yet married and you want to get married, you can yearn and you can make this to our, but also always know that Allah will choose the best situation for you at that point in time. You know, and Alhamdulillah, um, knowing that does give a sense of uh, contentment for you because you need to make the best of your situation at that point in time because your situation isn't always going to stay the same. Conditions change over time. So, um, one of the things that I... Um, one of the things that I love or that I try to love or that I try to preach is that you always need to be open. You know, always just be open. And you think that it's that it's just open as you think you know what open is. But if I can just expound on that because mm. something that <laughs> so so being open is for any condition, you know, and it's not a destination, it's a journey. So one of the things that I try to advocate, so the O for open, it's all the different letters, it's an acronym. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, so the O the O stands for taking ownership. So taking ownership of the situation that you find yourself in. You know, because you, we, I find that we are our own barriers to our success. Our mindsets are our barriers to our success. And once you can change your mindset to a positive mindset, then so many things can just open up for you. So firstly, it's, it's just taking ownership of your situation. Then secondly, the P stands for prayer. You know what, that's one of the major keys to success. Just just praying, praying on time and every time. And your files, obviously, and then whatever other sunnah prayers you can get in. So just praying, and we can speak about that for even much longer. The, third, the second P is paying attention to yourself. So pay attention to yourself physically, mentally, psychologically, in all aspects, financially. Pay attention to yourself and know that, you know what, you're important, man, and you can't give what you don't have. So if you don't have love in your heart, you can't give it. If you don't have patience, if you don't have um, whatever you want to uh, display onto people outside of you, you need to fill your tank first with those elements. The, the, the next one, I, is intention. So set your intention. Purify your intention and renew your intention. Ask what it is that you're trying to achieve every single day. And the T of opit is true forgiveness. So true forgiveness, not just of other people, but of yourself first. And this is where I think that a lot of women, we struggle with true forgiveness because we can forgive other people, but we can't forgive ourselves. We can never forgive ourselves for the bad decisions that we've made or decisions that we think we could have done better or otherwise. Sometimes it's some things that affect our children or our marriage or financially, and we just can't get over the fact that we made a bomb decision, you know. But you need to know that if Allah can forgive you, you need to be able to forgive yourself. And you can't forgive other people if you've never truly forgiven yourself. So that is why I try to love and preach open with everybody. And so, you know, you have to just, you have to, every day you stand up and you tell yourself, you know what, I am open. And I'm on this journey of open and I will continue being open. (laughs) So just within that, you spoke about um, the P was for prayer. Um, Do you want to maybe just what what the effect it's had in your life? Or the role it plays in your life? So I would say definitely one of the keys to success mm-hmm. is your salah. Salah, salah, salah. Make your salah. 
if it's if and there's always something that you can improve on mm-hmm. and uh, perfect in terms of your salary. I never think, okay, I'm making five times, or even you know, let, let's even just start with, you know what, I'm I'm not I'm not wearing my hijab. I don't feel like I I, I can make salah. Oh, I'm a person that sins. I'm a person that whatever you know, um, whatever that sin is, I'm not worthy of making salah. No, make your salah. Whatever condition you find yourself in, make your salah. It doesn't matter. Just make your salah. If you're making one, make two. If you're making two, make three. You know, if you're making five, um, increase on your your your, your sunnahs. If you if whatever you're doing, increase on your on your concentration. Understand that you're having this uh, conversation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I th- make salah an occasion in your life. Plan things around your salah. And you think that you think that other things in your life is disconnected to the fact that you are aren't making salah. And I can honestly say that whatever successes I have in my life, one of the key integrals of the fact that things have come my way or have opened up is the fact that you need to be conscious of uh, making your salah. That is the, the, the fundamental foundation of where it starts. I mean, that is the difference between somebody that's alive and, and somebody that's dead, is making your salah. You know, and so there's no um, excuse, you know, for that. And I just feel like if there's one takeaway for today, it would be, you know what, today, not tomorrow, but today, I will try to improve on whatever aspect it is with regards to my salah. Inshallah. And as Mullah Mu'ad says, Allah knows best. Yes. Okay, so do you have a favorite ayah? I do, I do. I, I, I particularly like the dua where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, or we make the dua of Rabbana taqabbal mitna. No, I lie. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi akhirati hasana wa kina adabana. And it speaks about, you know, Allah, give me the best in the dunya and give me the best in the akhirah. You know, so there's nothing wrong with liking nice things in the dunya. There's nothing wrong with, um, like, you know, wanting a nice uh, house or a car or a scarf. You know, I have many of those. Um, there's nothing wrong with wanting nice things, but it shouldn't come at the expense of your akhirah. So we ask for, if you look at the, if you look at the dua, it is like one quarter for dunya and three quarters for akhirah. So we are making dua for akhirah. Yes, definitely we want to enter Jannah. Yes, definitely we want to be up there with, you know, the um, the celebs of Jannah, inshallah. Yes. But um, I just do feel that the dunya is a path. It is your avenue, your vehicle to get to Jannah. And you want to live your best life here on the dunya as well. And so what does that mean? You know, what does your best life mean in the dunya? Uh, you know, I love I love Malay culture because it's so rich in certain words that you can't say uh, in English. But, you know, does living your best life mean that you have to be sopang? You know, or, or does it mean that you have to be, I don't know, you, you have to be all sorts of things that you not necessarily are? Or does it mean, you know what, there are things that you can take, like when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the best of mankind is those who are beneficial to the next person. You know, what does benefit mean? Because if you are a doctor, you are beneficial. If you are the best daughter, you're beneficial to your parents. If you are the best anything, you know. So it's about being beneficial and it's not about being a sopang person that is just giving out, uh, you know, uh, fuck everywhere <laughs> and all over the show, you know, and, and shouting down on people and making people feel like ants. Because that's not what Islam is about. So in theory, I mean, we're all trying to achieve this, right? So what in your life is helping you keep that balance? So, um, like I mentioned before, so there's, there's, there's three things I would say. 
So firstly, definitely um, the fact that I have my parents with me and the support okay. and their constant um, advice and guidance. Alhamdulillah, I mean, really, I feel like they play an important p- uh, part in my life. Secondly, like we've mentioned already, also is um, the salah. So just being steadfast on your salah. And thirdly, the advice that I can give people is, and, and which I've applied particularly to myself, is just give as much salah as you can. Always just be looking at where you can give. And, 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 and what is your idea of what it means or my concept of what sadaqah is? So if you don't have money, give of your time. If you don't have time, give a smile. You know, just give give, give of yourself, you know. And um, a lot of people think that it's just financial. But there are so many organizations, you know, just hit me up, Khadija underscore pick on Instagram. I can tell you, I mean, there's so many organizations, there's so many youth organizations. Um, there's so many places that you can go to. Just contact accidentalmuslims.com. You know, there are so many things that people are looking for, not necessarily financial, but it could be just of your time, of your effort, you know. I mean, I know for, particularly, I know this is not about planting other organizations, but particularly, um, I know of the Light Upon Night Women's Foundation, and they deal specifically with an with a outreach program called Mission Manenberg, which I think is an amazing effort that they're doing about feeding the youth. And, I mean, they've, they've, they've progressed from just feeding to madrasa and teaching the teachers and all of those things. And then this is just from the time sacrifice of people, because they don't, they, they, they also financial financial contributions but they also ask of your time you know there's uh, there's so many other um youth organizations out there i'm not saying belong to one or the other yeah, uh, anyway any mosque they are looking for people that are willing to give of the time so it's not just necessarily oh he has another eat and treat no <laughs> you know <laughs> but nothing wrong nothing wrong with eat and treats <laughs> Yes. But, um, you know, uh, uh, volunteer where you can, give of your time, give of, give of yourself, you know, and I think that those things, good things will come to you when you, when you put good things out into the universe. So I think our major reaction is always to have like a naysay attitude, people are asking again. But I can tell you that in my own experience, when I just started opening myself up to opportunities and just saying yes, just say yes to the opportunities that come your way, then more opportunities and Allah will open up good for you when your intention is for goodness, inshallah. Whenever I see you, like it doesn't matter where it is or when it is, or you are always super positive and very friendly, and just you have this effect on people. What is it that you think that comes from? Because it's like it's so contagious. You hear and we all happy. Alhamdulillah. So what? What is that? Where does it come from? I think partly it's just the person. It's just your personality. That's just how it is. You know. I just feel like. You know, you look on the on the bright side of things. You know, you just see the the good in everything or the good in everybody. It's not to say that you don't have um, down moments or bad moments. You just don't let it get to you because you know what you realize. You're here for such a short period of time, and now what's the point of not being morbid and miserable all the time? Lacha bichi, so you know, enjoy yourself and stuff like that because. Um, it just beca- a positive attitude just becomes infectious and it just spreads um, positivity around. And it's not to say that, um, you like I said, it's not to say that you don't have those down moments. Obviously, you have down moments. Obviously, you have tired moments. Obviously, you have moments where you feel like, you know, um, it's, it just becomes uh, too much for you to handle. But I think that if you just, um, I don't know, just look at, look at the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Um... And I just think just keeping a um, a positive uh, a frame of mind, I think that just that just keeps you boosting. Also, you know what? Just like look look for the best in people. I think sometimes I, I look for the best in things. Sometimes we have a tendency. 
to like, um, you know, you can have this most amazing event and then you can say, yeah, but there was, um, but the rice was pup, you know, <laughs> or something, you can serve crayfish at an yeah, event, but the people, rice. but some people <laughs> like pup rice, exactly, you know, or you can have, you can serve crayfish and then yeah. people are going to say, yeah, I love for the burrito, you know, it doesn't matter. So I think that we worry a lot about what people say mm. and what people think about us. But something that I realized is that if something is going through my head and I'm thinking it, chances are that other people are thinking it also, mm. you know? So sometimes you say it and it's like, oh, everybody else was thinking that same thing, you know? And I think that we could do with more laughter in this world. We could do with more cheer in the world. I know sometimes I take it a bit cheer overboard. <laughs> That's my daddy. That's my daddy. But... Um, yeah, no, I mean, look, when it comes to being serious, there's a time to be serious. But I think sometimes we are just a little bit too serious, man. So talking about laughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the stand-up. You were clever like that, eh? You were clever like that. Huh. Just asking. <laughs> how, did you get, uh, how did you get into that? So, um, yeah, so I'm doing stand-up comedy now. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to call myself a stand-up comedian. I'm saying that I do, I do stand-up comedy, you know. At this point in time, I'm just putting my big toe in the water. So you went and back to... Yeah, I've done a couple of gigs, alhamdulillah. And um, so I was just in a very strange place in my life. And uh, I needed help. You know, I was just feeling stuck. In my life and you just feel like you know um, things is just not somehow you're not you don't have any movement you don't have any um, I, there was just no words for it you just felt like you were just in this like like slow motion you know and things just wasn't going right for me and even though you're still this person um, things were just out of out of sync you know and I'm, I'm sure some people can can relate to, to that you know and uh, at least something that I realized is, you know what, Khadija, ask for help. And that was the first step. Because I think that one of the things, for me personally, it's difficult to ask for help. We, we, it pertains to your own psyche. And it, it pertains to your own mental um, well-being. And that is something that, it's a, it's a conversation all on its own. You know, how people with um, mental, mental illnesses, or if you compromise on that side, um, what society thinks of you and what society's... Um, uh, opinions of are you when you when when you are afflicted with any sort of um, mental or anxiety or depression or things like that and these are all human uh, traits. The Prophet ﷺ went through a, a period of of depression. So if he could go through it, then who are we? We are we are mere mortals. Can't even compare to the Prophet ﷺ. And I was in the space and what I did was ask for help. And um, it was very expensive help. So I will be giving this expensive help away for free in terms of advice to everybody awesome. that's going to listen. And it was actually just very simple. I was just so stuck in a comfort zone. I was in a rut in my life. But it was a rut that I had almost um, developed for myself. Just get out of your comfort zone. Because the comfort zone was, an, was what I created for myself. So that I could get into a routine of um, this is what works for me. You know, and because, you know, you go through a, um, you go through uh, a separation and it's not necessarily the best place to be in the world and you have a baby that you need to take care of. Um, so you create a routine for yourself, mm-hmm. but that routine soon became a rut and that rut, you just get kind of just get stuck in there. So I think that people can say, oh, wow, the last five years just flew by. But why? What did you do in that five years? You were just stuck in, in a routine 
of just up and down every single day, you know, um, taking the children to work and making the food and seeing to people, seeing to other people. Mm. But what about seeing to yourself? You know, and so the advice that I got was just do something that completely takes you out of your comfort zone. Completely make yourself vulnerable. Put yourself out there. And I was like, what, what, what is there that I can do? And for some other reason, I don't know, I was on uh, Instagram and the ad came up for an open mic night at Timbuktu. So I um, thought to myself, okay, fine, Khadija, you know what, this is, this is not it now, eh? So I, I pitch up on the Friday night and I speak to um, Yasin Bonds and I say, look, I'm here for the open night. So he's like, no, 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 this is not how it works. You have to come the one week and then they, you see how it works and then you have to come back the next week to perform. And I was like, nah, bruh, if you don't put me on tonight, I'm not coming back again. Because I had mentally psyched myself up yes. to going on stage. And so he was like, okay, okay fine, you'll make time for me on stage. And I think Zahir was there that night also. But we'll not speak about that night also, no? No, it's no, not, no, no. She was vulnerable. She was... Uh, I, put, I, really, I really put myself out there. I mean, I got the laughs. But I did was, laugh as well. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I think that was the... I, I put myself out there and it was just this amazing experience of just, you know, that vulnerability because you write your content and you don't know if it's going to be funny or not. Mm. You don't know if people are going to laugh or not. And it's and, and, and some of the content is quite personal content, but you try to put a, a funny spin on things and stuff like that. Because what did I know about stand-up comedy, you know? But, um, you know, the people laughed and you had this amazing experience. And I think that was just the beginning of a journey of, um, of stand-up comedy for me, you know? I, I did some uh, MCing before and alhamdulillah, I still do a little bit of that. Hmm. Also, <laughs> also, I, I did some interviews, so it's very weird for me to be sitting on this side of uh, the table as opposed to that side, Aisha, baby can, yes. but we'll get to you in, in, in a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, the stand-up was something that was very, very um, new. It wasn't anything that I'd ever seen myself doing, you know. But then I realized, you know what, it's also something that, you know what, this is groundbreaking, man. It, it, it kind of almost reshapes what people's image of uh, of stand up. Yes. You know, because stand up stand up is almost like um, it, it, it's almost uh, it's almost put together with with other lifestyle a, a night a nightlife kind of thing. Yes. And we say, you know what, Muslims are freak funny also. <laughs> you know, and we can be freak funny with each other <laughs> as well, and we yes. can make fun about ourselves and we can laugh about it. Mm. It's, it's been a difficult journey because there's been uh, limited venues that I could perform at because, like I say, um, it's not always been the most, it's not it's not necessarily the most, um, uh, an area that you want to expose yourself to without compromising yourself. So, I didn't, so, so I'm doing it in a way that I don't want to compromise my Islam at the same time. So there is a, a delicate balance in that. And so that is why I've been limited in terms of my gigs and the places that I've been able to, to go to. But I also have to say that you know what, um, what avenues are there for me, and I'm and we need to create those avenues. So Timbuktu has really been a great um, outlet and a great stage, a, a platform yeah. for me to express that uh, uh, that side of me. Alhamdulillah. So if there's any event, can people actually back call you to do that? Yeah. Yes. Khadija okay. and Pick on Instagram. Follow me. Tag me. I'll I'll reply to the messages. And yeah, so I'm open to to events or, or anything like that. So what was it like? What was it like being? Because I need to just like <laughs> being a being a hijab woman, yeah. like in front of this crowd doing stand-up comedy. How was it taken? What was the response? Everybody's like? watching you. Yeah. So it was very unexpected. Um, the the response from people is very unexpected because 
Um, they don't like I say they don't expect somebody like me to be able to do comedy. So that's the first thing, right? However, but for myself and the journey that I've been through, I'm very comfortable with who I am and how I present myself, and I'm okay with that. And people can pick up on that, so they know that look here, um, this is how I am, and I accept myself. And I think that we have we carry our own judgments on ourselves that we think other people have of us, and that's not necessarily the case. And so that is why I say. Uh, most of the time, we are our own barriers to success because we worry too much about what other people are going to say negatively when in fact, probably the thing that they're going to say is a positive, a positive thing, you know. And I think that that is also something that we, that myself, I think that, 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 that we fall short on other people is to say, you know what, go up to that person and say, you know what, you are so funny or you are so pretty or you are, give people, compliment people, don't be false or whatever, but give that person that uh, that positive feedback or that positive attitude because you know what I, I'll leave you with that and then you can walk away just feeling so much better mm -hmm. and then just go out and spread that light to everybody else you know and I don't know what kind of day you've been having but if I can spread some uh, cheer and joy and smile in your life that you can take forward then I feel like you know what I've benefited you and I've benefited the people that you're touching as well and for me if that is my um, uh, mission on this earth to be beneficial to other people then, then making people smile and laugh is also uh, a benefit, inshallah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. awesome. Um, do you have any mentors? So, yes, ironically, yes. No, not Sahir. Sahir is not my mentor. Shit. No, no Sahir. Sahir's <laughs> wife might be my mentor for the chocolate eclair. Sahir's <laughs> <laughs> wife definitely my mentor because I can't make a nuclear. Or profiterol for those people that went to model C schools. Oh, profiterol. <laughs> However, funnily enough, the way that you mentioned mentors, so um, it, we I find myself one of the first mentors. So we look at the Umaatul Mu'minin, and um, my mentor, my main girl, is uh, Sayyidina Khadija for obvious reasons, you know, yes. with my name. And it's just so many things that I wish that I could. That, 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 that I want to relate with her in terms of being a businesswoman, in terms of being like a strong, independent trader, people that looked up to her and stuff. Sorry, you mean girl. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I just think about like how it's going to be, inshallah, one day in China, just sitting there and she's just regaling stories of what it was like, you know, um, what life was like and how she just gave up everything to the Prophet and what kind of wife was she, you know, how she was the person that... Um, I don't want to say molded, but kind of assisted the Prophet Sallallahu in his difficult times and in his difficult journey that he took towards her for that support and for that um, comfort, you know. So, so definitely said Khadija. And in today's times, and again, ironically, it wasn't planned like how it was, but one of my greatest mentors, outside of my parents, of course, is um, somebody that I love, love, love dearly, is Auntie Khadija Ali. Auntie Khadija Padal Ali, right? And she is... The first, she's just an amazing person that just like jewels of wisdom just falls out of her mouth. Um, the first woman to be on the board of uh, the MJC, so like, yay, woman power. And um, just somebody that I have amazing, immense respect for, for the things that I've learned from her, um, the, the, the wisdom that she has imparted. And, you know, somebody that you just want to sit in her, in her company, well-educated, well-researched, but yet um, very happy in her role as mother, wife, uh, caretaker for her family, alhamdulillah. 
And then just thirdly, and again, a complete, 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 complete coincidence. There's a lady, she's 91 years old. She goes by the name of Mama Flores, but her name is Khadija. And it was not, it was just, it was not by any sort of plan on my part, subhanAllah. My granny's name is Khadija, so I got my granny's name. But if I just look at like the ladies that have played really um, important and strong roles in my life, this 91-year-old lady, but you know, sharp as a button I don't know but um, <laughs> just amazing the legacy that she's uh, the legacy that she's left behind her f in terms of um, her family um, and, uh, and and beyond her, her progeny you know and I mean we make to add that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to have um, pious progeny that can make to for us one day inshallah when we know in our graves and so that that um, to us can, can can fall upon us you know and this lady the the legacy that mama has left in in my life in the short time that I've known her, subhanAllah, may Allah just grant her a high place in Jannah. What would you say is your biggest accomplishment? Is it the stand-up gig that you did? No, no, no. I mean look <laughs> So so stand-up it's been it's been a great it's been a great journey, uh, uh doing stand-up. I think that um it's it's a very it's it's a very tricky thing because uh my accomplishments and again you know i'm 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 really um hammering the point but i feel like my accomplishments are just about being the best um daughter that i can to my parents the best mother that i can be to my son you know the best sister the the, the best wife you know those are the things for me if 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 um if my my mother can uh close her eyes today and you know if, if my mother closes her eyes and she says you know what she's happy with me as a daughter yes. you know if uh, my husband says he's happy with me as a wife then I'll feel like I'm accomplished you know your your work your, your the stand-up those are things it's what I do it's not who I am you know but the people around you will be an indictment of the person that you were to them and how you treated them you know so I think for me I would be accomplished if if my parents were happy with me that that would be a biggest the biggest accomplishment for me inshallah and your biggest, your biggest challenge? Keeping quiet. <laughs> Knowing where to keep quiet is definitely a challenge. Um, saying the right thing at the right time. Yes, I do have a problem with um, low impulse control at times, you know, sometimes. <laughs> that is extremely challenging for me. Uh, um, Ashton number 34 will keep you right <laughs> Oh, my word. SubhanAllah. Yes. Uh, are we going to speak about that, though, eh? Oh, at some point. Yeah, but I mean, so are we done with the challenges then? Yeah. Yeah, no. Okay, so, so you emceed for us recently. Yes. And you clearly want to speak about it. Oh, my <laughs> word. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. So, accidentalmuslims.com had the most amazing, amazing, amazing event that I was so, um, I was humbled to be asked to emcee an event for accidentalmuslims.com. Uh, Alhamdulillah. So, uh, it was a singles event. And what what I thought was amazing about the event was that it is a it is an amazing effort by the organization to just kind of break through all sorts of stereotypes and stigma around what it means to meet a spouse, you know. So people want to get married. Why is that a why should that be uh, why should we shy to say, look, yeah, I'm really I'm in a space where I feel like I want to meet a partner. But in today's times, it's not so easy. Like, you know, back in the day, you could just be Stroyonka and um, bridesmaid and then you just like kind of hook up the kind of thing because there was no other avenues. And in today's times with all the social media and all the intermingling, 
is it the person that you want to get married to? And what are the things that you're finding out about the person and how is your interaction with that person before the marriage? And it's not necessarily in today's society the ideal way. That's the first thing. And what was amazing about um, the event was that you could have a better idea not only of who you are but what it is that you are looking for in a potential spouse before even coming to the event and then when you come to the event it's not about this magical thing of falling in love which is all about uh, hormones and uh, dopamine and all of those things no it was very much like these are the things that's important for me in a spouse i'm going to spend this four and a half minutes with you speaking to you as a potential spouse so everybody was there like-minded Everybody they knew that look here, this is what I'm here for today. No jokes. Let, let, let's let's have it in a nice, fun, Sharia compliant way. But we know why we're here today. And I just think that it was done in a very um, dignified and respectful way. An event in the daytime, so it allowed for single women to come out easily and to um, be in an environment where they felt comfortable in an open environment. And it was a small crowd, so it was 21 uh, males, 21 females. And so everybody had a chance to, in a, in a proper setting, speak to everybody else for that defined time. And I just think that the feedback that we got, the way that it was set up, everything, it was just like extremely, it was, it was done so well. So I'd encourage anybody that's watching, if, uh, if and when, so definitely when um, they decide to have another event, just, just, just sign up, you know. You don't have anything to lose because if nothing, the food itself was amazing. <laughs> the venue was amazing, totally worth it. So even if you don't find a potential spouse, the MC was amazing, I heard. So, um, so yeah, I just think it's about uh, breaking that stereotypes about how it is to, to meet a spouse. You know, and um, we're living in a new age world, so why don't we try new age solutions? It's not about just this, again, you know, this magical falling love. Yes, for some people it works, but sometimes you don't know how to ask those questions with somebody that you meet. You know, you feel awkward, you feel shy. But in that setting, it's okay to ask, you know, about your your debt rating and about your job mm-hmm. and, you know, your credit score and stuff like that. It's really okay and it's encouraged to ask those things. So I'd want to know. I want, I want to know, you know. So is, you said when when I asked you for the MC, you said this is like something you're very passionate about as well. So what is this MCing or the oh, the matchmaking? I think it's the matchmaking. So so both. Okay. So both definitely. <laughs> both definitely. So um, even even MCing, you know, it's, I'm not going to say it was something that I necessarily pursued in it initially. <laughs> you're just funny, man. We can't help. It wasn't something that I necessarily pursued. It was just. A, the first time around, Alhamdulillah, you know what, man, Allah just plans everything, man. Because the person that was supposed to MC an event that I was, um, that I was helping uh, fell out at the last minute. And then I was asked to step in. And I was like, what do I know about MCing? You know, but then again, what did anybody else know about MCing? Yeah. So it was just like, there was definitely this niche for a female MC. And then things just started, uh, you know, I was very um, conscious of doing it because it was always a matter of, you know what, check your intention. Uh, like I enjoyed being on stage I enjoyed making people laugh but um, you know what don't let it go to your head because if next time accidentalmuslims.com doesn't ask me to uh, MC the event again I mustn't think oh um, why, why not me yes. no your intention needs to be it is for the sake of Allah or it is for the sake of you know um, whatever whatever the overriding intention is for that particular event so I think that that was very important for me to know that you can just always reach your intention even though I enjoyed it a lot I've, I've done other interview panels and stuff like that Alhamdulillah I really 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 enjoyed it it was always coming back to 
just just check your intention and even when it comes to the matchmaking it was something that i feel very um passionate about because alhamdulillah even um my own uh, union alhamdulillah which was yes. not too long <laughs> so sure but um it was via a recommendation you know and i just feel that there is definitely there is definitely a responsibility on society to um open up those avenues of recommendations because everybody knows somebody but then we think to ourselves oh no um Aisha Bibi won't make a good match with whoever but you know what let Aisha Bibi decide for herself you know because i know Aisha Bibi as a friend i don't know Aisha Bibi as a wife and how i am as a friend is most definitely not how i am as a wife you know so co- completely different and um not not 100% completely different but i mean definitely yes, these things that you're going to want to be and do as a wife that you don't do as a friend and people know you as as a friend you know so i do think that there is a um communal responsibility on us to kind of facilitate that those avenues of um of matchmaking and so therefore i was saying that we commend excellentmuslims.com for 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 taking up that brave and noble fight okay so final your final words if this is the last thing you could tell people <laughs> you know just <laughs> just something that we that we were mentioning something that we were talking about um earlier on about women's month you know and this being women's month i just think that it's very important for us to just um you know look at it me as as you know women yummy raw kind of thing and um just the importance that women play in society and um how important it is to just celebrate being a woman you know and it's just something that's that it's an amazing it's an amazing gift that Allah has given us and people feel that um they have this uh, opinion of what it's what it's like to be a muslim woman in hijab um the oppressed opinion or that and i'm just saying that you know what no we're not we're not allowing that in our in our lives and there was just something in our that i do it our that i do it justice because um somebody was speaking about why do people see that the hijab is oppressive because if you look at your hijab your hijab is actually something that privatizes your sexuality right because there are certain things that is just meant for uh, for for not not for the not for the world right so it privatizes your sexuality but if they're saying that um powerful women or women that are empowered don't wear uh, a hijab which means they expose their sexuality then what are they trying to say that you need to be sexy in order to be uh empowered or powerful and i don't believe in that i don't subscribe to that sort of um mindset you know and i just think that uh, in islam women are celebrated and women are dignified and women are honored and that is a crown that we need to wear proudly as um as women and we need to own our stations we need to own our stations as proud um, mothers and daughters and sisters and friends and so many things that we can be at the same time not one specific thing is going to define us as a female subhanallah so um yeah that 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 would be me in terms of um just celebrating my womanhood in this uh women's month yes. shukran so much khadija thank you for being here with us bye mommy we will see you soon and all the best for your future endeavors inshallah okay assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh So that's it for today's show. We hope you added value. We hope you enjoyed it. But most of all, we hope our guest has inspired you to live with purpose. Don't forget to send us your suggestions via info at accidentalmuslims.com. If you know anybody out there that is inspiring, that's leading, that's living with purpose, please uh, do contact us. And remember, feedback is our oxygen. 
So follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I hope you enjoyed. God bless. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs> نزعت أسرار قلبي وجبت ألقي أسايا رباه عفوك إني للنور مدت يدايا نزعت أسرار قلبي وجبت ألقي أسايا وأشتكي طي صدري دربا سحيق العطايا به بدأت ولكن لم أدري ما منتهايا لم أدري يأسي فيه ولا عرفت هدايا ولا عرفت ظلامي ولا عرفت ضحايا ولا لغيرك دوا 